We all have heard horror stories of how a remodel nearly tore a couple apart, as well as how impactful our environment can be on our state of well-being. Remodels don't have to end in divorce, and we can reflect our true selves in our environment with the right approach. Welcome to Psychotecture. My name is Rachel Melvald, and I'm a psychotherapist and designer. Psychotecture was developed as a methodological approach to ease issues that come up in design challenges, as well as the philosophy on how our environment can reflect our highest selves. Each week, I will interview an expert in the field of design and psychology to shed light on design challenges. I will also have a special series called The Psychotech is In, where I can offer help to those in design intervention need. Welcome to The Psychotech is In. We are going to start this episode with our segment on case studies and looking at couples and remodels with our guests, Brady and Caroline, who I am very much appreciative to have as a guest, not only because Brady, he is the one who has set up this podcast for me. So it's just apropos that I get to interview him and Caroline, who is a costume designer extraordinaire, but she's also, as an artist, a designer, an interior designer. And we're going to hear about, they're in their condo right now in Pasadena, but they bought a ranch outside of Los Angeles and have done some remodeling in this pandemic time. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Brady and Caroline. Hello. Hi. And we're going to talk about what your greatest challenges and strengths are as a couple during this remodeling. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I can go on and on. Do you do you want to start? So, well, on? the basic is that we have a, a 19, ooh, 92, 92, 93, 92, manufactured home. So, you know, this, this is not a glamorous, uh, swanky ranch by any means, but it's sitting on jacks with a, a low crawl space underneath it, sitting on dirt on jacks, not a concrete pad. There is some concrete padding, brick, cinder block, cinder all block around, you around. know, around it for looks, but structurally that's all it is. It's a couple of double wides teed up to one another. A little bit nicer than that. Well, it's a manufactured home. It's not a double wide, but it's a, it's a manufactured home. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different than I've been used to. I've only worked on stick built structures over mm-hmm. the last 20 years, inspired mostly by my father, who's a contractor. He's a, an entrepreneur himself, but he had his contracting license. And from being a very little young man, our dad would give us the hammer and say, get to work. You're not watching. So we got to learn a lot. My stepdad was a general contractor as well. I grew up with him. And my father is a fine carpenter, started as a theatrical carpenter, but was also a carpenter. So I have some... So we have some background. Yeah, a little bit of skills. I mean... Yeah, I didn't realize that both of you, I I didn't realize your dad, Brady, was a contractor, licensed contractor. I know he built so much in Cloverdale. Well, he liked to build so much of his stuff himself, but so many things required a licensed contractor to deal with it. And so after he started, we didn't have much money growing up and he didn't have much money with... For the audience, he owned a general store. So he had a lot of things that he was doing all the time. And he had lots of aspirations for rentals and other things. Yeah, to you make can imagine come. Rachel Brady's just and like Rachel's a million right. things at once. But you know, well, he you know. said, you know what? Why am I spending this money? I'll just go get my contracting license and still do it the old hillbilly way that we do it. So that's what he did. And we got to learn a lot. So you learned a lot from 
being exposed to your dad around building and home and rentals was a big part of who you are today. And Caroline, I didn't know your stepfather was a carpenter. Dad is the theater carpenter. Stepdad is the general contractor. Mom was an interior designer. Oh my gosh. So you really come from a building designer family. I'm obsessed with home design and furniture design and obviously design in general, you know this about me, but I am so blown away by people who have skills and can have really been able to like put it to use as far as like actually making a living doing it. You know, I'm more of a hobbyist to be fair. We both definitely We both are. are, but we've done some good stuff. You're both hobbyists, but you've taken this hobby to a serious level where you've been able to, and let's go into this. And I want to highlight today, you guys did not use a contractor and decided to do it on your own. One thing that came in really handy, even though I didn't talk to my dad too much, is that I've got a couple of very good friends who are contractors. And one of the things that I'll always do, especially if Caroline's going to start opening up walls, I will before before Caroline goes loose because, you know. We'll, we'll talk more about this kind of stuff, but it's nice to have a real opinion from somebody that it doesn't have to, they're, they're not getting anything out of it anyway. And they're your friends. So to be able to reach out to them and get those answers are great. Yeah. Run by some basic questions and say, yeah. is this even possible? So give us an example. Well, here's an example. That's really simple. We'd redid the whole kitchen during COVID, the whole darn thing, hmm. except for the cabinets. A lot of people redid kitchens in COVID. One of the things we did was got a brand new farmhouse sink. So the whole sink has to come out. We have a garbage disposal down there and we got a brand new dishwasher. Well, the old sink had this ugly little spout for an air. And I didn't know how much you really have to have air breathing for the water to go down and not really make a mess of everything. And it was ugly. And we had the guys come in with the brand new $5,000 countertop. countertops. And they're like, how many holes are we going to drill? And we're like, I want one for the faucet, one for the soap dispenser. And I called my buddy Steve and I said, what can we do to avoid having to look at this? And that was one of the questions I had. He said, listen, all you got to do is get that loop up there high enough and get it up so that the water is not going to come spilling out and getting everywhere. And you need to have it a good foot higher or, you know, so much higher than the actual countertop. And he's like, if you do it like that, you can do it. I knew that what we had was going to work. And, you know, whoever bought the house from us in 10 or 15 years down the road is going to say, who the hell did this? But it worked. So we got rid of the little air thing and got that all looped up. So you did this yourselves? Yeah. Okay. And it's important because at the end of the day, you're working so hard and I'm sweaty and gross. And I'm just like, I want this to work. Hold on. Let's back up a little bit with this kitchen information, because the only thing Brady did in the kitchen because I did what? 90% of it myself. Is? He did the plumbing. Yes. He did the plumbing and he did some demo. We had some I'm really awful um, glass tile backsplash crap from that they Home used uh, super glue from hell. They yes. probably spent $500 on glue to put that stuff up because at the end of the day, we thought that we could come in there and it's just this cheap, like you said, Home Depot crappy glass backsplash. And I'm like, We'll just scrape that off. It was on there. We had to remove we had the to whole saw wall. The, we had to saw all of the um, sheetrock out. This is just to replace the kitchen sink to the farmhouse kitchen sink. And now did I hear, so Caroline really took the 
Caroline's the instigator on all home projects. I don't mean to cut you off, Rachel, but Caroline is the yeah, instigator on, on all home projects in a good way, because I would just be like, <laughs> hey, give me a give me a box and a cup of soup. He's and I'm a guy, you know how he is. Is there any cold beer? Do we have ice? Okay, fine. Well, but I like in the couplehood that Caroline is the, she's the master builder. On the top, if that's what you well, mean. Well, and, and then- He's the bottom. I'm the bottom. <laughs> but, but going back to me talking about my friend who's a contractor, one of Caroline's best friends in the world who actually spent COVID with us. And she's not here because she should be part of this conversation. But she is a master. She's a woodworker and she's very, very good. And she's got this mechanical mind. And so after about a month and a half of just drinking every day, not literally not kidding, we finally said, we got to do something here. And so we came up with small projects, starting with a cornhole game and then another project with something else. And then they're like, we keep saying we, but none of that was Brady. That was all me and my girlfriend, Sean. I was mowing the lawn. So I had things to do, (laughs) but, but Caroline and Sean were so great. And it was so awesome for me to sit back because I I'm very particular with things, especially when the the checkbook's being written, you know, and it's very expensive stuff. Well, that's the big part of it. But Caroline and Sean said, we got this. And get the hell out of here, Brady, because I would come in and I would make run wrong comment, whether it was good or bad or ugly. And it didn't matter what it was. They would both look at me until I just left. And just be like, beat it. We got this. And so I knew where I could come in and, and going to maybe this is something very relevant for your listeners, Rachel, is that especially being a couple, being trapped at home, quarantining. Now we've got now we're actually adding all these big projects to it. I had to step back and say, okay. This is what Caroline wants to do. I trust that she's going to do it fine. Where do I fit in? And as these girls are going through and doing things, and I would just sort of keep an eye on it, I knew I'm great at demo. I'm a strong, much stronger guy than the two gals, but I don't care if I get dirty. And I've done a lot of that, especially with my dad. Demolition, doing it right, doing it clean, not making a mess, and actually you know, making it worse than it should be. Right. So that's when I saw them, and they're trying to do this with the top. And I said, here, let me help. I went and got the Sawzall, which was, you know, it's not very easy to use, but that was one thing and help out. I'm sure it's different for every couple, but for us, it was definitely picking and choosing our battles and picking our tasks as well. Mm-hmm. So Caroline came up with a lot of the ideas, a lot of the desires, a lot of the wants, a lot of the design, the colors and everything else. And I would come in and say, where can I do the, the most without angry <laughs> pissing them off? But and- I want to, I want to <laughs> include him as well, but you know, limited. Let's just keep it limited. But you're saying in a way, so Caroline, you being the head designer, you had the vision Mm -hmm. and Brady could come in and say, how can I do the demo and enact this? Mm -hmm. And Brady, so you're saying in the couplehood, it was easier just to support her vision and do it as well as possible and know your lane and how cool that Caroline and her girlfriend, Sean, were able to enact this together. So there's three people now. And Sean's the math mind. Yeah. But you know, there were a lot of, a lot of positivities, but there was a lot of arguments and yelling and a lot of those types of things went down. And we've got a great relationship where we can step back and, you know, sort of see what what we're actually angry about. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that there were certain projects that came up that Caroline's like, I'm going to do this. And I would be like, no, you're not. And yes, I am. And I'm like, because now my opinion comes in going back to what your statement was just Rachel, like Caroline came up with this and Caroline came up with all these things. And if I really had the desire to do it, I probably would have even been more on the, you know, that input phase at the beginning and whatnot. I knew Caroline, what she wanted to do. Cause I said, 
I love this Formica from 1993. It's in oh. such great shape. It's there's no cigarette burns or stuff falling apart. I said, why do we have to spend five grand on new counters? You know, or I'm pissed off. So well, that's often it. You you yeah. thought this is vintage. This is cool. Mm-hmm. And Caroline thought it was depressing and sad. Oh no, that's that, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> she wanted it gone. So that just, so, you know, it's like we spend most of our time in that room. So how did you negotiate that to remove it? Did you just did you just give way to her want? I mean, no. it was tough. I've got this weird relationship with money that if it's not done, how much is it going to cost? I want it done perfectly right. It took me months and months and months to get off of Caroline's back because she wasn't doing it the way that I would do it. Even though I I shouldn't even be here. Even though he I wasn't doing get, it himself or helping. Get the hell out of there, Brady. But I would sit there and I would nitpick her to the point where we'd get in arguments about it. And it took a long time to get to the point where it's like, okay, back off. But there were certain projects where I need to be part of it. Listen, and we would negotiate. And thank God we're still here. We're still alive and happy. <laughs> Because she's the boss. At the end of the day, Caroline's the boss. Let's be I'm honest. not the boss. Okay. Well, Brady, you're saying you get nitpicky about money. And when that becomes an issue, that's when your nitpicky stuff comes out. Exactly. I don't want to spend $10,000 and have it be half-ass or like 80% or 90%. And that's where my fear came from because my dad was not that professional. My dad would go under a building and say, oh man, this is really whacked out. How can we somehow survive with this being so jacked up? And I had that sort of feelings towards Caroline and her work and even Sean to the point where they got very angry with me a couple of times because I'm like, I know the right way to do it. And they're like, you know, whatever. So wait, are you saying, Brady, just from growing up, because your dad kind of ignored these issues, said, well, how can we just not have to pay for it and make it work, that you started to feel differently around this build that you were going to put the money towards it or i feel that if we're going to do it and we're going to spend the money we got to do it right because my dad didn't always do it right fair enough but there's a lot of gray area of right there's like you know the stuff you see in architectural digest and then there's the stuff you see in brady's dad's basement there's a lot of gray in between i think we can all agree and so brady has these visions of grandeur and i'm more about like a let's do especially with this particular house let's do a cheaper version it doesn't have to be flawless this is an, um, a, another example. The second big project, well, we had a few big projects, but the second project, the one that we just wrapped up was our mud room. And it was fine because it was what it was. It was a place where I could get in there, get dirty, deal with projects. There's a nice big sink in there that was very sturdy and whatnot. And Caroline had these grand ideas of doing a bunch of stuff where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is out of control. And so we did negotiate about certain things like that. But one thing that really I'm still not happy about, but the one thing going back to the price was the mud sink. We had a little, you know, where you next to the washer and dryer where you do laundry stuff and other other things in there. A utility Mm -hmm. sink. And we were going, we're looking on Craigslist, trying to find a used, really nice porcelain wall hung thing with the foot pedals and all this crap. And we found some pieces to make it work. It still wasn't working. I was thinking in a budget about 500 bucks, but after we kept hitting the wall with our failures, Caroline's like, it's going to be a $1,500 to $2,000 bill for this stupid sink. I just went on some Etsy thing and bought one for $200. Bucks. It includes the everything. It's coming tomorrow. Deal with it. See what I, I did? I, <laughs> I, I said, changed for the money. I did a little, yeah. a little adjustment. So I'm still not 100% happy she with finished, the sink. But at me. the end of the day, <laughs> she saved so much money that I it was easy for me to just go like this and be like, okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. 
close my eyes. Ah! When you're working on, let's say, sinks, I think this is the theme is we're talking about sinks. And I always say as the psychotherapist in psychotexture, what is the symbolism that we can draw from this, right? So the sink is holding of emotion and water. A sink is washing through. It's a container, right? So psychologically, we need to be contained. I don't know. It's interesting that we have a kitchen sink and a mudroom sink that is our highlighted topic of remodel today. They were some of our biggest challenges and pieces. It is emotional. It is emotional. It is. But if you like draw the curtain back and look underneath the sink, you know, we've got it rigged up with some two by fours to make sure it's, you know, it's not the prettiest job underneath where it's hidden, but it's absolutely functional and it drains properly. Okay, so it's functional and it's aesthetically pleasing to the leveling of the eye. Yeah. yeah. I love this rogue sink conversation, guys, but we're going to have to wind down for our listeners. And we could go into part two, three, four, and many other rooms, which we might. Because as we always see, there's so much to unfold in these in these smaller remodels just as a sink. And I'm just kind of now curious <laughs> as to what else went on in this house. Girl, we didn't tell you about what happened when we opened up the wall in the mudroom. That was a disaster. Or the guest apartment over the garage. We renovated that whole thing. That was a yeah, yeah. It was a, that was a, what, what Caroline's trying to say is that she'd love to come back on <laughs> probably without Brady here so she can talk. Yeah. So I can tell you the real story. <laughs> we're just opening up, you know, the wall, so to speak, and we're going to see what lies behind it. I'm happy we got to get it all out today. I think we're all a fun group and it's Fat Tuesday. Yeah. I'm making actually jambalaya. Tonight. What? what? How do you make jambalaya as a vegetarian, miss? I'm eating meat. That's, <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian anymore. Oh! What is happening right get now? Get some My sausage in there. Just, don't say that. That's rude. I got sausage cupping, some wild shrimp, and <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So that's a nice little surprise to end on. We are buying this bourbon called Sazerac. It's actually a brand called Sazerac, but there's an actual Sazerac drink that we normally would do that. And Caroline's like, there's a lot of ingredients in a Sazerac. And I thought, isn't it just like bourbon and something else? And it's bourbon, absinthe, vegetables. Two different kinds of bitters. bitters. And, and we found out our friends who were going to go over tonight who's making catfish and, and dirty, dirty beans, dirty rice. She said, we have absinthe. And I said, well, we'll, we'll pick up the bitters and then we'll see what happens. We'll I'm sit sure. out in the backyard, have our nice socially distanced cocktail. and The girls can earn their beads on one side. Oh, boy. And then the boys will help them earn their beads. <laughs> That's what we got this year. <laughs> We're getting dirty with the ending of our, uh, this is not like car talk. This is psychotexture. And... Let me just say, let's do it again. All right, sounds Yay, good. love you guys. Let's do it again. Love you all. Happy Mardi Happy Gras. Friday. Happy Mardi Gras, guys. Take care. Bye. This is Psychotecture by Rachel Malvald with coaching, consultation, and psychotherapy offered virtually and in home throughout the Los Angeles greater area and nationally. We work to ease design challenges to create transformative habitats. Thank you, and we look forward to the next episode and your questions, so don't forget to subscribe.